Welcome to the Humanity Matters Podcast, where we discuss and reflect on faith and philosophy, leadership and social issues. We want to engage in ideas and what it means to be a free human being in the pursuit of human flourishing. For more information, please visit our website, philipfletcher.org. And now, the Humanity Matters Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome January 9th, 2022. I am your host, Philip Fletcher, with the Humanity Matters Show for tonight. Glad you are joining me either live or on a recording over on YouTube or when you listen to this through the podcast. I appreciate everybody's uh, participation in this show. And so, hey, like it. Share, subscribe, all of that good stuff. I would greatly appreciate it. As always, before we get started, the various various ways for you to connect with me, either on uh, Facebook, over on my page, Dr. Philip Fletcher, over on Twitter, at Phil Fletcher, Humanity Matters, the YouTube channel, just put in Philip Fletcher, Philip Fletcher, PhD, subscribe to the show. Greatly appreciate it. And as always, go over to the website, philipfletcher.org, philipfletcher.org. And we go on the landing page. It's your opportunity to put in your name and your email and get a weekly newsletter. The weekly newsletter actually went out today, and we're talking about the aim. The aim. And how an aim can aid you in not just the great times, but also the difficult times. So, take that opportunity to go over to the website and uh, subscribe. I would greatly appreciate it very much. Hey, and if you're watching this live on Facebook, tag somebody, share this with somebody. Uh, We've got a lot of great stuff to talk about today. If you live in Conway, we're going to talk about uh, the school district this coming week. They're going to be talking about masks again. Uh, We talk about some state things and also what's going on in the nation and then conclude about What are we going to do? Or what are you going to do? Right? There's a time to gripe. There's a time to complain. There's a time to criticize. But at some point, you got to act. So we will get to that. As always, if you would like to uh, send an email, you can send it to arrowmakerar at gmail.com. Arrowmakerar at gmail.com. I love questions. If I take your question and use it as the foundation for the show, I'll send you a T-shirt. A great Arrow Maker AR t-shirt. And as always, put your comments. Thumbs up. You like it? Don't like what I'm talking about? Hey, I love it all. It's an opportunity for us to learn and grow. And I think that is very important in our civil discussion. So to kick it off, all right, just to kick it off, I want to say happy birthday to my youngest Nichelle. She is the big 2-0 today. I love you, butterfly. I love you, baby girl, very much. You keep doing great things as you are in school and just being a just joy to me and your mama and your big brother and your sister. So happy birthday to Nichelle. Love you very much. So the very important thing is out of the way because I have to get a shout out 
to my girl, Michelle, right? She's 20 today, right? 20. He only turned 20 once, right? And I told her the other night, we went out for dinner last night, and I said, this is just a countdown to 21, right? I'm turning 49 next month, and for me, 49 is like, ah, uh, it's the countdown to the big one, 50, right? So that'll be cool next year. Michelle turns 21. I turn 50. Whew. Wow. Something to think about. So, local news. So, and this is coming from our trusty log cabin Democrat. All right. And this is online at thecabin.net. And this is filed by Jordan Woodson. I wonder if they got other uh, journalists there. I don't know. Jordan Woodson, he's been putting in some work. But anyways, this is filed January 8th, 2022, and I'm sure maybe it hits your paper today if you get the print edition of the cabin, right? So, parents, parents, you got kids who are going to school in Conway Public School District, right? Here in good old Conway, Arkansas. Oh, the good old O-Cron, right, is throughout the world, <clears throat> Apparently, there's a flu owner as well. Nonetheless, this is what was posted by Jordan Woodson. The Conway Public School Board of Education will discuss implementing a new COVID-19 protocol that will reinstate a temporary mask mandate for individual schools Tuesday at its regular monthly meeting in the administration building at 6 p.m. So, parents, or if you know People that have got kids in the Conway Public School District this Tuesday at 6 p.m. on Prince Street at the administration building. Your elected officials, school board members, will be discussing the possibility of reinstating a temporary, and I'm quoting, temporary mask mandate. That is this Tuesday at 6 p.m. Okay? Just saying. The article goes on to say, the protocol states that if an individual school or campus in the district reaches a 5% positivity rate or higher among that school's student body on any given day, masks will become mandatory only on that specific campus for 10 calendar days for all students and staff. <clears throat> the article goes on. At the end of the 10-day period, let me adjust this real quick. End of the 10-day period, the data will be reevaluated, and if the case numbers do not fall below 5%, the campus will continue the mask mandate until it does drop below 5%. All right, so... 5% is the is the trigger is the trigger if you will. So if a individual school if it's student body all right let me say this again student body on any given day hits 5% or higher a 10 day mask mandate will go into effect for students and staff all right again this is going to be discussed to be voted on for implementation this coming Tuesday, which will be Tuesday, January 11th, 6 p.m. at the Conway School Board meeting. Okay, it's on Prince Street. 
Their administration building is in front of the high school, across the street from Laurel Park in a tennis court. And Don Pepe's. Do you know where I'm at now? Okay. Just in case you've never been to that building, that's your opportunity to go and to ask questions. Okay. Again, the theme of this whole show today is what are you going to do? All right. So going on with Jordan Woodson's article from thecabin.net, the title is, the headline is, Conway School Board to Discuss Temporary Mask Mandate for Individual Schools. All right, keep reading. Quoting from the proposal, and this is a quote, as far as staff cases affecting the decision on mandatory mask wearing, this will be evaluated for each school campus based on how many and what staff are affected on a given day. Close quote. The proposal states, continuing on, the protocol also states that if COVID-19 case numbers continue to increase district-wide, right? So now they're moving from individual schools to district-wide, right? The school board gives permission to Superintendent Jeff Cullum to reinstate a mask mandate for all campuses in the district. So... It doesn't mention what the threshold would be district-wide. So I don't know if it's 5% district-wide, just like it's 5% per school. But from what Jordan Woodson is reporting, right, 5% for individual school will trigger a temporary 10-day mask mandate for that school. So if it's 5% at Jim Stone or 5% at Carl Stewart, then that individual school will do it, right? In the proposal, it also states if this becomes district-wide, whatever that percentage number would be, then the school board gives the superintendent, Jeff McCullum, permission to institute a district-wide mask mandate. Okay. Again, they're discussing this Tuesday, January 11th at 6 p.m. on Prince Street. Across the street, their office is across the street from the tennis courts. Across the street from Don Pepe's in front of the high school. Down the street from Chick-fil-A on Prince Street. Don't say you didn't know where it is or you didn't know. I'm trying to tell you. Again, tag somebody in this video. Share this video. This is what we're talking about today happening in your city. The question is, what will you do? Okay. All right, we're going to keep going with the article, and then we'll get to comments. All right. Uh, the school board will also discuss proposed revisions to 11 of the district policies, which includes adding a computer science credit requirement for graduation beginning with the class of 2026 and requiring the Pledge of Allegiance and a moment of silence at all sporting events and assemblies. These proposed edits will be presented to the board on Tuesday, but will not be approved until the following board meeting on February 8th. Okay. The board is also set to adopt the facilities master plan for operation and maintenance of district facilities that, if approved, will go into effect at the beginning of next month. That's the whole article. All right. We'll get some comments. Let's see what we got here. Uh, Cheryl asks... Are they requiring routine testing or is the 5% just based on the amount of kids who get sick and get tested? 
Uh, Cheryl, according to what is reported, and I will read this again, all right? So I would encourage you to call the school uh, district office tomorrow, all right? Uh, this is what Mr. Woodson is reporting, and I am quoting from the article, which is available at thecabin.net, all right? And I will uh, post it here. Here is a link to the article. All right, and it says, the protocol states that if an individual school or campus in the district reaches a 5% positivity rate, what, so implied in that, Cheryl, is that kids have been tested, all right? Or higher among that school student body on any given day, masks will become mandatory only on that specific campus for 10 calendar days for all students and staff. Okay, so there that is. Uh, no, it does not specify Ms. Cheryl. So there you go. I would encourage you to call your school district office. So if you live in Conway and you've got a child who attends either K through um, 12, right? Any of the elementary, the middle schools, the junior high, and the high school, right? And you have any interest in this whatsoever, one, here's your opportunity to attend the school board meeting. Excuse me. One, here's your opportunity to call your school board official, right? Email your school board official. Third, attend the meeting on Tuesday at 6 p.m. The school board meeting is held at the administration building on Prince Street, across the street, excuse me, in front of the high school, across the street from Laurel Park in the tennis courts and Don Pepe's and just a little east of Chick-fil-A. I've given you some significant geographical markers, all right, as to where the meeting is held, all right? Go voice your concern, be courageous, be kind, be civil, be rational, be reasonable, but let your voice be heard on however you fall on this particular thing. I'm just letting you know this is what is happening in your area, all right, here in Conway, Arkansas. All right, so moving on, all right, uh, Senator Mark Johnson uh, is running for re-election, all right? Senator Mark Johnson, again, this is coming from uh, the cabin.net, and this is being... Uh, a, um, oh, what are those things called? A uh, press release, all right, by Mark Johnson's campaign, okay? And it states the following. Again, just keeping you aware of what's going on, okay? You may not get the log cabin. You may not read the log cabin. Heck, you may not even want to read the national news. I'll give it to you. Just trying to answer the five W's. Not a lot of opinion yet, all right? So, Senator Mark Johnson will host a campaign kickoff event at Holly's Home Cooking on Tuesday, January 11th from 5 to 7 p.m. So, you can go to Holly's at 5, shake Mark Johnson's hand, and then go to the school district meeting at 6 o'clock. All right. Holly's is on Hark Rider and Robbins. All right. Good food, transparency. Her, 
Holly's is right down the street from my Coho office, and I love eating there. It's pretty good. Especially like meatloaf. Pretty good. Uh, and so, uh, please RSVP Catherine Johnson uh, by calling 501-347-4399. Okay, who is Mark Johnson? Well, Johnson is running for re-election to the Arkansas State Senate in the newly, pay attention, because redistricting happened. Redistricting happened. So the person that you may have been voting for previously may not be the person that you need to be voting for coming up. All right. You may be living in a completely new district. All right. You can get that information by going to uh, your county clerk's office in the county. So this is May uh, Mayflower. That's Faulkner County. All right. If you live in Pulaski County, call the Pulaski County voter registration down there, that county clerk. Or you can call the uh, secretary of state's office down in Little Rock if to find out whether or not you still live in the same Senate and House District for the state of Arkansas, as well as, you know, congressional districts, districts, you know, the four congressional districts. Okay, moving on. Back to the article. Uh, it's the newly withdrawn District 17 encompassing the rural part of western Pulaski County, southern Faulkner County, which includes Mayflower and the majority of the city of Conway. Johnson is the son of the late Virginia and Jim Johnson of Conway. He grew up just north of Conway on Lake Beaver Fork. He attended Ellen Smith. Wow, they went way back. Conway High School and Hendricks College. He's a retired business consultant and lives in a rural western Pulaski County with his wife, Catherine. They have two grown daughters. Yeah, this is a press release. All right. All right. During his first term in the Senate, Johnson served as a member of the city, county, and Local Affairs Committee, and the Revenue and Taxation Committee, working with his colleagues to successfully lower the state income tax rate. All right, uh, going on, we need to continue. This is a quote from Johnson, and I quote, we need to continue to lower and eventually eliminate our personal income tax in order to put more money in the pockets of our citizens and be competitive with our neighboring states. Close quote, Johnson said. He was also a sponsor of the act 1109, which completely eliminated Arkansas sales tax on gold, silver, and other commodities, giving them the same tax treatment as stocks, bonds, and other investments. All right. In the wake of the vandalism inflicted last year on the Arkansas State Capitol building, Johnson sponsored Act 1003, which created criminal penalties for the desecration of the Capitol and protects historic monuments. Okay. Act, and he says, Act 1003, stop the removal of our monuments by the agents of the cancel culture. Close quote, Johnson said. Ah, that was a wink, wink. All right. Okay. So, you can read the article. I'll post it here. All right. So, you need to find out, uh, especially even Mayflower, all right, and people who live here in Conway, all right, Senator Mark Johnson. He may be your new state senator. All right. So there that news is. Hey, thank you for joining me for the Humanity Matters uh, show. I am your host, Philip Fletcher. Again, um, connect with me on social media and all that good stuff. I would greatly 
appreciate it. I left all that stuff running as I was talking. That's okay. <laughs> so that's cool. So from local news here in Conway and Faulkner County, all right, let's head on up to good old, what's going on? Anything? Anything in the state? All right. So down in Little Rock, all right, in the capital, all right, so I've been on this thing lately about schools, right? So there's things happening in different schools, you know, obviously because of the COVID and what's going on with that and schools closing and going online and so on and so forth, right? Down in Little Rock, all right, this is what's going on. This is how your money is being used, okay? All right? So... You have private schools, you have home schools, right? You have public schools, okay? I'm of this persuasion. Let me share my cards here. I think that there should be all types of schools. I don't think that public schools should have the the sway over how we and our children should experience education. Right. There should be all types of schools and public schools, I believe, should not be getting the the lion's share of the dollars. I don't think they should, because in doing so, they have more freedom to do things like this, which is what. So this is coming from the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. This is our big state paper. Right. And this stuck out to me because I'm interested in this. I want to start a school one day. Right. Started a education initiative with just some folding chairs and a and a folding table outside once right but here's something four little rock elementaries enter new era as community schools okay offer range of services for students and adults now i've been reading on this stuff for a couple of years where there has been this idea to schools really to transition to not just doing education, but really functioning like <laughs> like its own social service system, okay? Where there's education, where there is after-school programming, where there's closed closets, where there's just literally everything. It's almost as if your kid would not have to leave until the end of the day. They could be there all day. Publicly funded. Nonetheless, here's the wink wink program program offers leg up for poor kids families. Okay. This is posted by Cynthia Howell. All right. 450 AM. And it reads Four Little Rock School District elementary schools are writing new chapters in their long histories. The schools Chico, Stevens, Washington, and Watson are designated, quote, community schools, close quote. The article goes on to read, the community school model found in cities across the country uses a network of partnerships to provide services such as after-school care, food pantries, closed closets, health care, and adult training to meet the needs of not only students, but also their families as a way to generate student success. Okay. 
Services under the community school umbrella have been in place at the Little Rock schools for about a year now in spite of the COVID-19 pandemic. That all but closed schools and limited face-to-face interaction in the 2021 school year and now the 21-22 school year. The services, still a work in progress, vary by campus depending on the identified needs of students and the availability of resources that come from the school district, the city of Little Rock, and from other partner organizations. The four schools have been labeled and supported in different ways in the past, all in all effort to raise achievement for pupils for families living in poverty. All right, and here's a quote. Double-funded incentive schools and, quote, majority-to-minority inter-district magnets or state-graded DNF schools have been among the tags applied to at least some of the four in past decades as a way to give attention and to support them. This time, the community school name comes with support from the city. Obviously, Frank Scott, who is the mayor, Jay Barth, who is the chief education officer for Little Rock, who actually initiated the idea of community schools in 2019, was on the Arkansas Board of Education at the time. The Little Rock School District was under state control for chronically low student achievement at some schools, close quote. So one of the ways they think they can address low student, poor student performance is by bringing in all these other services. Like the, the elementary school, the school is not just going to focus on education, but also all of these other things that typically exist in like churches, that typically exist like in nonprofits. But now these schools are going to get more resources to provide these things to address student underperformance. Now, okay, cool. My question, well, let me read the article some more. All right, let me keep going. Uh, Barth continues to say, these are exactly the schools that when I was on the state board, we were talking about in terms of turnaround. What we can do to turn around these challenged schools, Barth recalled in a recent interview about the initiative. I would like to know before this how much money was going into those schools. What were the mechanisms in place to measure student performance, teacher performance, principal performance. So what they're seeking to do now is put more resources into the school. Now we will keep your kids after school. We will have a clothes closet for your kids. We will have adult training. So It seems like the elementary school is moving from the priority of educating students in grades K through fourth to now almost functioning like a large, well, community center. Okay? Now, that's an approach that can be taken. But my question is, why is it that the public school is the approach? All right, going on. Each of the four schools has or soon will have social workers to assist in the mission. 
The city last month announced receipt of a $1 million grant from the U.S. Department of Justice that will go toward two social workers at Stevens. Wow. So what happens to the other million? Where happened? A million? How else is that money going to be spent? It can't just be two social workers. All right. So they mentioned that they've been to Shreveport and Albuquerque, New Mexico to see community school setups. I'd like to know how they those did. All right. So what's going to be offered at these community schools? So um, let's see here. At the 830-pupil Chico Elementary and Early Childhood Center, for example, including the weekly distribution of food boxes, similar by church groups, but also after-school soccer under the tutelage of the Little Rock Rangers Soccer Club, a school vegetable garden, a church partner, Boy Scouts, the Junior League of Little Rock, and the family of a deceased school security guard were among those helping with outdoor features. All right. There will be regularly scheduled community cafes, which are intended to bring families into schools for a meal and conversation. Um, because of COVID, these events have been reconfigured as grab-and-go meals with maybe some pamphlets of information because of COVID-19. All right? All right. So, there you go. So, again, public schools have this money to be able to experiment and try new things in terms of helping a child learn, right? In this case, who they're targeting, poor students and poor families. My question is this. Why can't those same poor families and students have that money that is going into these public schools and maybe, I don't know, take those dollars to go to, since this is in Little Rock, like a Pulaski Academy or the Catholic school down there or um, try to get it. I don't know. You have to pay to get into uh, E-STEM, but one of those type of schools. Why can't they get that money and then take those dollars and say, hey, you know what? This would be a better opportunity for my child to learn, right? But then also by them getting those dollars, right? They can address other things related to poverty, you know, the rent and utilities and things like that. Because maybe the actual amount of money that's being spent on their child in the public school is not actually how much needs to be spent. Something to think about. All right, so that is what is going on in uh, the state is one to uh, talk about. Again, this is Philip Fletcher with the Humanity Matters Show. Uh, thank you for joining me. And now we're getting on to some uh, national news. Okay, so January 6th happened. There was a, cele- uh, a memorial, a celebration, a lament, a tongue lashing. A comparison to what happened on September 11th and what happened at Pearl Harbor. Hmm. So my question is, as we celebrate July 4th this coming year, will we continue to celebrate it? 
because isn't July 4th a celebration of a bunch of people who thumbed their nose at their government and said, no, we ain't going to do it no more. We're going to do something different and we'll even go to war for it. And we celebrate that. We laud that. We have barbecues and fireworks. Heck, it's a federal holiday. And so what makes July 4th a high holy day in American history, but January 6th, 2021, one to be derided? I'm just asking the question. Just asking the question. Kind of different when the shoe is on the other foot, isn't it, government? Really is. But I guess... One man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter, right? One man's, excuse me, one man's insurrectionist is another man's freedom fighter, correct? Because based off of what President Joe Biden laid out in his speech, he described George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Alexander Hamilton, and they, were the, they fit that definition, insurrectionists. Seeking to up upend a particular way of life. And yet, an insurrectionist, if you will, is celebrated in a play that everybody goes to see and lauds about. Hamilton. Hamilton. Yes. No, no, it's just questions you got to ask yourself. What is it? Back in the day, Arsenio Hall says those things just make you go, hmm. I just want, I just need to understand the rules. That's all. That's all. That's all. But at the end of the day, this is what I do know. <laughs> Government does not like to be touched. It was okay for cities to burn. It was okay for black businesses to be destroyed. It was okay for smashes and grabs all in the name of justice or reparations, so on and so forth. But as soon as that touched government steps, it was like, oh, heck no. Y'all gone too too far. So this wasn't really about white people. It wasn't about Republican or Democrat. This was about, in my estimation, y'all are not about to get out of line. Get back in line. Y'all can burn each other's stuff, destroy each other's stuff. Heck, y'all can even kill each other in the streets. But as soon as you come up to District 1, isn't that what it is? District 1. Then you've gone too far. Mm, mm, mm. This is something to think about. The other thing that's happening, uh, the Supreme Court is taking up President Joe Biden's vaccine mandate. Supposed to go into effect like tomorrow. All right. For those individuals, if you work in a business that has 100 or more employees, you're supposed to be vaccinated or be subjected to, I think it's weekly testing. You can correct, somebody can correct me on that. But right now, um, this is coming from the Hill. 
All right, and I'm getting my news from ground.news. Ground.news, they aggregate all of this news from the left, the center, the right. All right, they give it a score where there's a blind spot and all that. Uh, So it says conservative members of the Supreme Court on Friday appeared skeptical of Biden administration policies that impose a COVID-19 vaccine or test requirement on broad swaths of the U.S. workforce during several hours of oral arguments. The court's conservative majority posed sharp questions about whether a federal workplace law that Congress passed some five decades ago provides the legal authority for a vaccine or test policy affecting roughly 84 million workers at large employers. All right. Wow. 84 million of y'all. That's something. All right. So uh, Justice Stephen Breyer addressing an attorney for one set of challengers to the employer vaccine or test mandate said he found their request to block the policy unbelievable in light of the soaring infection rates amid the spread of the Omicron variant. Uh, Justice Breyer goes on to say, and I'm quoting, how can it conceivably be in the public interest, he asked, quote, you have the hospitalization figures growing by factors of 10, 10 times what it is. You have hospitalization at the record, near the record. All right. Uh, Justice Roberts. All right. He said he asked or said, it seems to me that the more and more mandates that pop up in different agencies, it's fair. I wonder if it's not fair for us to look at this as a general exercise of power by the federal government and then ask the questions of, well, why doesn't Congress have a say in this? And why don't the why doesn't this be the primary responsibility of the states? Chief Justice John Roberts asked the Solicitor General. All right. So that's what's going on in your Supreme Court right now. And it's going to affect a whole lot of y'all. Whole lot of people. All right. So the question becomes, as I swing now into my editorial phase. All right. So I'm in this mood of. What are you going to do about it? We talked about schools, you know, what's going on with the jab, okay? A lot of people say that legislators don't pay attention. Well, what are you going to do about it? If court cases simply create a situation in which the next time it could become permissible, right? Well, what are you going to do about it? The reason I asked, like, what are you going to do about it? Right? Because when I reflect back what was happening in 2020 with Black Lives Matter and, you know, all of that that was going on. um, At what point do you withdraw and create a parallel system? Like, a part of my thing, like, with, with, with Black Lives Matter is, like, they want to give the middle finger at the very person they're telling you're about to give me money. That's supposed to give them money. Like, what? So, you, you're, you're implying that your success is still dependent on somebody you're claiming wants to keep you down. That's my interpretation of their, their approach. But my thing is this, if you're so fed up with the particular thing or actions 
or systems or policies or schools, then it's in your best interest to create something parallel and just do it. Don't ask for permission. Just do it. Get your couple of nickels, rub them together and start somewhere. Find like-minded individuals. Y'all rub your nickels together and start somewhere. Just start somewhere. I mean, in this age of technology and what we've got, you could create a school online through Zoom or through Google or in your backyard or in your driveway or meeting at a park since your tax dollars pay for it anyway. If you discern you're about to be have to lose your job, then maybe it's starting your own thing or getting with some like-minded individuals again, again, with the technology that we've got, you could develop a partnership with somebody on the other side of the country or the world and create a new source of income where you're the boss, right? Obviously, you have an employee threshold because you don't want to get to that hundred, right? But nonetheless, what's stopping you? If it's fear, I got it. But how courageous are you to make a decision like whatever it is in the face of that fear because you hold something greater in your heart and mind that far exceeds that fear? That thing that you had is far and greater. That is your aim. So creating parallel schools, parallel businesses, parallel grocery stores, parallel trucking, shipping, all of that kind of stuff, right? What are you going to do about it? And I'm encouraging you as one free human being to the other because that's who you are intrinsically. You do not need to ask permission from somebody to flourish as a human being and to live free as a human being. So I've laid some options out to you tonight. If you live in Conway, there's a school board meeting happening on Tuesday. Go to it. But if you don't go, When you have the time to go, you're off work. There's nothing going on with the kids. You ain't got nothing planned. If you don't go, ask yourself why. When you was just complaining about what's going on in the schools a couple of days ago or an hour ago. And I want to stoke the little flame that's within you to say, hey, let that flame Burn bright. Go open your mouth. Be kind. Be loving, but be strong and be above all courageous because it is a fearful thing. I understand that. But the longer you continue to have somebody take 
a thousand cuts at you, the more susceptible you are to something even worse happening. So, have the courage in the face of fear to consider creating something parallel to the system, to the institution that is seeking to, by a thousand little cuts, take more and more of your freedom to flourish as a human being. And if you stand up and you show people, we have no problem taking pictures and showing people when we get a new whatever or go on a trip or celebrate something. Take pictures of you saying, hey, you know what? Tweet it out, Facebook it out, YouTube it, whatever. Hey, I'm creating something parallel. I am pursuing my flourishing as a free human being. Hey, this has been the Humanity Matters Show. I've been your host, uh, Philip Fletcher. Uh, Thank you for joining me on tonight. Again, connect with me on social media, whether that is uh, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or on the World Wide Web at philipfletcher.org. I greatly appreciate it. Hey, if you found any of this as interest, find me on Patreon. Be a supporter. It's for little as five bucks. I would greatly appreciate it. Hey, check out the Humanity Matters podcast, the Humanity Matters podcast, wherever you get your podcast, whether that's Google, Spotify, iTunes, wherever. Go over there and give a listen. A lot of great content. We have content that comes out Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. All right. And so finally, remember this to be loved, to be kind, to be generous, to be courageous. And if we remember to live in hope, we can do the impossible. Y'all take care. God bless.